and welcome to episode number 32 of The Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in the gaming industry. We have with us the second appearance of one Jess Wellman. We have Adam Candy. We have Brett Colson. Jess, we are very pleased to have you here on the over Skype version of the podcast as opposed to it only being in the live version like we had a few weeks ago. Yeah, last time I had like a studio and a nice chair. I didn't realize I had signed up for this. Yeah, I mean, listen, we are now going to force you, especially with the big news, which we will get to a little bit later in the podcast here. You are going to be forced to be on this podcast probably more often than you would even like. Probably more often than you would even like, especially when you have to be on here with one Adam Candy who is at, who is doing this podcast from his from a car from a van down by the river? So, Adam, thank you for being with us. I know that this was uh, certainly not on your schedule today to get done, obviously because you're in a van down by the river. To quote one of my favorite movies, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Yeah, see, there you go. Yes, I'm always with. I'm always with the office space quotes and stuff like that. So, oh my god, that wasn't office space. Oh my god. How did I just That's okay. bot- how did Move I just on. how did I just botch that? Jesus Christ. Brett, save me. I'm drawing a blank here too, man. Oh my god. I, clerks, guys, clerks. Yes, guys. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Clerks. Good. Good Lord. I've seen Clerks 400 times, too. This is like, man, maybe it was because I was in an altered state every time I watched. Maybe that's just okay. That's that's just that's embarrassing. Let's move on here. Let's talk about some gaming items here. We have things that happened in D.C. area, Adam. Let's talk about this. Of course, we have mentioned this about three different times on the podcast here, but we keep getting new information, keep getting things to trickle out. So keep our listeners informed here. Let's go ahead and trickle some things out. Uh, We'll start on the big hill with the federal sports betting, and this is what it was called, a discussion draft that's making its way around Capitol Hill right now of potential federal sports betting legislation. Now, let's start with what is really the likely ultimate outcome of this, which is nothing. This bill, as is, is likely going nowhere. It's an interesting mix of proposals. It's not anything like PASPA. It has a couple of good things in it. It has a couple of things that are needed that the Wire Act needs to be modernized. It's nice to look at seeing the federal excise tax perhaps directed towards something that actually has to do with sports betting. But there's plenty in here that's going to be DOA for the gaming industry. You look at official data required until the somewhat arbitrary date of 2022. And most importantly, you look at the Attorney General of the United States having to approve any sports betting plan put together by a state. This is something that I can't see the AGA going anywhere with. One of the other things in that bill was the fact that they were going to address the offshore market, which I thought was at least something that I was just glad to see that somebody was at least aware. Because as we've been through all of these talks and all the things that are going on, so rarely does it ever come up about this whole you know industry that is actually ongoing. Everyone seems to act like we're inventing this new industry that's just, oh, wow, look at this. A sports betting thing has never happened before. No, it's been going on for decades and it's been happening offshore. And, you know, Jess, I think one of the things that at least from that, I was just glad to see that the fact that somebody had at least awareness of the fact that this is something that needs to be dealt with. It was definitely nice to see that. Other things about the bill, I mean, would you want the rotating cast of attorney generals deciding if a sports betting plan is a good idea? That just seems like something that I don't really follow the logic on. But I have to be honest that 
states like Pennsylvania, they have this pretty ironed out. I don't see what rubber stamping it at the federal level does, except just generate more paperwork and more ways to bog down this process. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I've, I think this is one of the, it's, it's good to talk about here because, you know, we want to keep people interested in the stuff that's going on. But a, as you mentioned, Adam, I mean, this has basically zero chance of gaining any sort of traction whatsoever, but at least it is perhaps some, at least it's a framework for us to, that I, I imagine people will probably try to work off of moving forward with other iterations of what I can only imagine we'll see is like a dozen more of these pop up over the next few years. Well, there are a lot of people on K Street that are going to make a lot of money just pushing this thing around for a while because we know that from our sources and the folks we talk to, like we said, this as is isn't going anywhere. But as you've both mentioned, there are some pieces here that could be workable. I mean, you and I on this podcast have talked about the fact that if there's ever going to be any teeth to something that deals with offshore, it has to come from the federal level. So there are pieces for discussion, but... When you take in the political considerations of the gridlocked Congress, of an unpredictable president, at least for the next two years, it's impossible to see where this gets anywhere. Yeah, it's I almost feel like and, you know, for I can't really think of a better analogy. So, you know, pardon this, the crude one, but I almost feel like there needs to be a body in the street for anything to ever go. Like, I think that there needs to be one of the major operators get some sort of, you know, get, get their website shut down or get, you know, account frozen or whatever it might be that kind of that stuff that happened in Black Friday with the online poker sites and things like that. Like there needs to be some sort of example set because, yeah, I mean, we can float around all this stuff like, oh, you know what? They might take off with your money. And, you know, there's all these terrible things that could happen and blah, blah, blah. But Brad, I think until somebody actually, unless until there's an example for us to show, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like a prominent sports better or something that gets pinched for, you know, doing certain things. I, I don't know, but it, I think like until we have that, I don't think there's going to be any sort of traction on that side either. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. All right, Brett, let's talk to us about New York. Why don't you? Yeah, man, potentially exciting news for sports bettors in New York, like me. Uh, a story at Legal Sports Report from Matthew Cordell last week. Uh, he spoke with Assemblyman Gary Pretlow, who is none too pleased that New York, uh, New Jersey is getting all of the sports betting action from New Yorkers right now and says he will reintroduce his sports betting bill in New Jersey. Uh, same, as, same as the one he brought to the table in June that included a 0.2% royal, royalty, uh, royalty fee uh, for leagues as well as an 8.5% state tax. And he expects movement on this measure in April. And now, with the support of Governor Cuomo this time around, uh, could end up in the state budget in 2019. Uh, a lot of moving pieces to this, including the, the possibility of a constitutional amendment that would allow mobile betting uh, pending a ballot vote in 2021. So uh, if you're in New York or just generally interested in what's going on in the space, definitely check out the article over at Legal Sports Report. Uh, a lot of great information there about what is the key state, surely, to watch in 2019. Yeah. And, you know, this is a state that we've talked about a couple of different times where some of these big operators have decided that, you know, hey, there's at least a pretty good chance that this is going to happen soon. And we've seen acquisitions happen within the state so that people could get a footprint within the state as well. So certainly some interesting stuff going on there in New York. I do want to take a brief pause. Uh, Jess, I want to let everybody know that 
with my movie flub at the beginning of this podcast and the reason you were so quick to jump in and be able to name that movie. And that would be for the fact that you've seen 97 percent of every movie that's ever been made in the history of mankind. Is that correct? It's. A good ballpark, yes. Good, good ballpark. Okay, yes. Yeah. So everybody, if you ever have a movie question, you can find Jess Wellman on Twitter. Send it her way, and she will be able to answer it because that was why she was able to so quickly jump in and answer why I was flubbing that at the beginning of the at the beginning of the podcast. I still feel so guilty for that. Um, I'm going to pop in again here yeah. and just say there is one kind of down note about this New York bill, not for sports betters, but for poker people. A lot of people thought poker was going to just hop on the back of this bill and sail into New York and. Pratlow has basically said, listen, we're, I'm not risking sports betting to make poker happen. So poker people be a little sad, but I'd rather be sports betting than playing online poker with other New Yorkers. So, yeah, we haven't talked a ton about poker lately on on the podcast here. And mainly it's just because it's kind of been a, a non-starter for a lot of these things here. And, you know, I hate it. Obviously, I enjoy playing poker and, and whatnot, but I certainly understand why that the the push for the sports betting stuff is just so much more prominent and so it, it takes a front seat over online poker because i mean look we've seen the market we understand the numbers we know what goes on here i mean it's it's just poker's always at the bottom of the uh, of the totem pole yeah definitely and i mean i you might get some states where they piggyback in and but nobody's going to do a poker only bill when you could be doing a sports betting only bill there's no financial situation that makes sense Adam, let's talk about Rhode Island while we're at it. Let's talk about Rhode Island, why don't we? Uh, two sports books have opened in Rhode Island, both in the Twin River family. Those will be the only two sports books. If you remember that the state is the operator in Rhode Island, but these have been much anticipated. The law was passed earlier this summer, uh, it was included in the state budget. Legislators really didn't have a lot of problems. Well, with Rhode Island sports betting being legalized. So you can now bet at Twin River and Lincoln and in uh, Tiverton. And what happened, though, was the late launch caused Rhode Island to seriously slash its revenue forecast. They were projecting an already very, we'll say sunny, $23.5 million in revenue to come out of Rhode Island sports betting. That got slashed in half uh, the economic forecast this fall. So that actually might have been a more realistic projection for Rhode Island in the first place. But now that they've missed most of NFL season and what would have been, I would assume, a fairly lucrative run for them on the Red Sox and getting some action there in the fall. Rhode Island sports betting opens with a bit of a quiet moment. I mean, you say there's only going to be two books in Rhode Island. I mean, how many how many could they honestly fit? Right. I mean, seriously, Rhode Island is just it's not, it's not very big. I mean, they, they can't. Do, I don't even know the, if the lands, landscape could hold any more than two. Let's just be for real. I mean, I'm looking at the map right now. It's tiny. It is a very small state, uh, but with some of these little DMV-sized books that there we've we seen go. across yes, the country, yes. maybe you could just jam a few more in, uh, in the Kiosks, corner of the office. Kiosks on every corner, my friend. Kiosks a kiosk on every... in every pod. Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> next week's pod, guys, we're going to do a year in review here. Obviously, we're coming up on the end of this year. We will certainly look ahead to 2019 and... It will handicap, if we will, at you know which states we think will possibly pass, which have an outside chance to pass, and which ones we think are a stone cold lock. Yeah, we'll, are have, to, we'll have to get 
Dustin on that one. Yeah, our stone cold lock of the century on on the pod here for which which states are going to get done here. So certainly something we want to do here. Brett, let's talk a little bit about Bet Stars. Bet Stars makes a big. Uh, I, honestly, I will admit a for me kind of a surprising deal. Yeah, MGM is no longer the only authorized gaming operator of the NBA. BetStars, the the online sports betting service from the Stars Group and Poker Stars, uh, they signed a deal with the NBA this week, a similar non-exclusive deal to the one MGM signed with the NBA back in August. It has a lot of marketing and promotional applications for both sides, but it also gives BetStars access to a wider offering of data to use for betting purposes, also a potentially faster data feed, which gives them the ability to offer a better in-play product than competitors who don't have the official league data. And there was a lot of talk about data on our most recent podcast. So for a deeper dive into the benefits, uh, definitely check out that episode if you haven't already. But here we have another partnership between an operator and a pro sports league. This is the first for BetStars. Uh, which currently is only operating in New Jersey, but will have access to several states, including Pennsylvania here in the new, near future. And Best Stars is going to be a player here in the U.S. I mean, the, if we didn't know that already, this, this, this is a real thing. And Jess, we, you know, the three of us have given our opinion on this on this podcast, and certainly we'd love to hear from you on this. I mean, I understand a lot of people take these partnerships with a grain of salt, kind of poke fun at them and whatnot, but... I mean, I am of the opinion that it's better to be on the side of these guys than them being against you. And so if it does cost a little bit off the top for them to kind of come around to your way of thinking, I actually don't think it's a terrible idea. What say you? I think it makes a lot of sense. The focus has been on the official data, but there are some of these deals that when you hear them talking about it, some of the data they're talking about is emails getting the email banks of a casino or the email banks of NFL shop and being able to cross promote your stuff to each other. That is a piece of it that doesn't get talked about as much, but it, from what I can tell is somewhat in play here. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, you know, I haven't read anything about this. I just have an assumption that by, you know, this time next year, that some of these partnerships might even be worked into some sort of social aspect for these gambling providers where they're able to start collecting even more interested emails and gaming and gambling and sports betting and different things like that. And, you know, I mean, listen, listen, if they can parlay these partnerships into running, running games for people who are of the gambling mind, but aren't legally allowed to do so right now, but they are certainly gathering valuable information. And we understand that if you get this information and you're able to market directly to those people down the line, that that is a very, that's worth a lot of money. I understand that these, these companies are paying these leagues a lot of money, but man, that's, that's worth a lot. We, you know, we certainly understand what a customer is worth. And uh, I think a lot of people just look past these things a little bit more than they should. Um, speaking of partnerships here, Adam, we had some, at least some, flo- some things floating here. Obviously for us, it was very exciting. The news came out that the NFL draft was going to be coming to Las Vegas in 2020. Uh, super good news for us. Going to be super fun for that. But with that, the NFL also kind of floated some interesting information as well. The NFL went through Daniel Kaplan, where if you follow these sports business things over the years is where they like to dump out some information on the business side every now and then. And 
on the same day that they announced the draft in Las Vegas, they float this idea that they're going to start looking for a casino partner. So anyone who wants to add two plus two knows that it equals MGM, but that doesn't mean Caesars or someone else couldn't play in this pool. We just know that MGM already has deals with the other three major professional sports leagues. So it's natural to connect those dots. So from the NFL side though, we have to understand the history here and how just how anti-gambling the NFL has been and also just how slowly the league moves. The fact that we're floating the idea as opposed to the NBA just jumping out with a partnership in July or the other partnerships that we've seen for the NHL and MLB doesn't surprise me at all when it comes to the NFL. It's just, you know, with some historical context, it's just a crazy about face. And we are heading into college bowl season here. This is the where you were going to turn on the television and you were going to see two teams facing each other and nine times out of ten, you are not going to know anything about either one of the teams that are playing, but you will wager on it anyway because you like to have the action. Brett, looking at the college bowl season here, just not too happy. Her team's terrible. My team is actually playing in the Fiesta Bowl, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, what have you seen so far from the uh, from, from bowl season approaching? Yeah, well, I mean, you tell me you don't know the teams in the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl <laughs> on Saturday. Is there, Alcorn State and NCANT. Come on, man. But no, this 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 marks the the start of the first bowl betting season for for betters in New Jersey, in Mississippi, in in West Virginia. I mean, obviously, a huge football states down south and, and all the legal markets across the U.S. And you know, like you said, I mean, really, just speaking from experience here, I don't care about these bowls. Unless I have some skin in the game, and that's why sports betting is so important to the health of these forty bowl games every year. They, you know, they're meaningless, but we watch them anyway because it's football, and we can bet on it. So uh, odds are available for every game here at the sports books in New Jersey. Um, not a whole lot in terms of props, but we we do have a full menu of games that you can bet on if you are in New Jersey on your mobile app. So Jess, in bowl games, and obviously since your team is not involved, what is your interest level? I'm trying to poll people who are, you know, I want to know people who are super fans of certain teams and then their teams not involved in the in the whole hoopla. Um, Does that discourage your interest basically overall or do you still have the same amount of interest you would anyway? Oh, I'm I'm completely tone, tuned out of it. I gotta be, I'm not like, oh, got to tune into the Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl, see what happens. Um, I will watch the Citrus Bowl because I am from Kentucky and Kentucky had an apparition of a football season given its history. I, I will. I mean, I'm even that person that it's like I'll probably watch the playoff games, but I am the most annoying USC fan on the planet. I don't really want to watch if it isn't USC. I may, or well, no, UCLA is not there too. I don't even have a team to watch and hate. So, <laughs> no, I, no team I, to I'm hate watch. I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no team to even hate watch. Adam, who who is your college football team? I, I don't, I don't think we've ever even discussed this on this podcast. There's a reason we haven't discussed this. Oh. I, went to an, I went to an FCS school for God's <laughs> sakes. I went to Northern Arizona, where 
we didn't win a lot of games and we haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. No, nah, I mean, it's, it's a little exaggeration, but yeah, seriously, <laughs> no one wants to talk about this. I went to an FCS school. All right, we, we will move on. Uh, Brett, one of the things that really stood out to us with this, you know, bowl season approaching was, and we talked about it on this podcast, was that, that DraftKings had tried some innovating things. When I was out in, in Atlantic City, I actually played in their whole pool game thing that was going on the initial week that it started. Uh, I just assumed that this would be a super easy transition over into the to the bowl season, and we didn't see that. And I was wondering if you have any insight as to why we didn't see that. I don't. I, I'm definitely disappointed to see that neither DraftKings nor FanDuel nor BetStars are running a college bowl pool. I, I did see that William Hill is running a bowl challenge again in Nevada, but it does not include, include New Jersey. And, you know, me personally, this is more my type of gambling platform, a, a peer-to-peer contest instead of, you know, just competing against the house. And, you know, after DraftKings launched the NFL pools earlier this year, and then they've added NBA and NHL, NHL pools, I, I thought a college version was just uh, an easy transition and a given you know, over the next few weeks. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, I really I, I don't know why they, they didn't do this. Yeah, it was the same with me. I thought for sure we would see that. It just seemed like so incredibly natural, right? I mean, that just seemed like so such a natural transition into that. Uh, maybe next year, maybe there was something along the technical side of things. I mean, obviously, they're still trying to get everything honed in. We're acting like these are uh, well-seasoned companies and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. They've been around for a few months here. So uh, maybe we will see those next year. All right, on to the very, 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 very big news of the week. Uh, Jess Wellman is the star of the show on this podcast for all of this. But Jess, we were sitting here, and as of today, as we sit here on Thursday, December the 13th, 2018, we now have a new state, your state, and I say your state because you cover it better than anybody, is now accepting sports betting. Well, we've been doing that for a month, but honestly, the Hollywood sports betting sports book opening kind of came and went with very little fanfare today, though. The, there's a couple of big differences. One, you've got two going at the same time. Rivers in Pittsburgh and Sugar House in Philadelphia are owned by the same parent company, Rush Street. And so they timed their sports books to open at the exact same time. So we got Press releases for both from the same people. It's a similar setup. They both cut the ribbons at 2 p.m., let the betting begin. And the way it works in Pennsylvania is you do have to have two days of what is considered testing. Gaming control people are there. They're looking over to make sure you don't accidentally book a bet for $85,000 like someone in New Jersey did. And if they don't screw up, then on Saturday it's full go, do whatever you feel like. To the customer, it's not going to feel very different. But just on their end, they do have one last little hurdle and they'll be going. And these, they they went big, you know, their sports books. Here's how I would describe the three sports books. As Adam noted earlier, Hollywood Casinos looks kind of like where you would pick up a duplicate social security card. It looks <laughs> like a boring bureaucratic office. Uh, the Sugar House sports book kind of reminds me of a food court. There's a lot of high top chairs, like a yard house feel to it. And then Rivers, that one looks swank. There are nice, comfortable chairs. There's these great big video screens. And I think that they went bigger because you can basically spit on Heinz Field from this casino. It is a five minute walk. It is right there. And I think when we get to Sunday, it's going to be even bigger because you have that huge Steelers Patriots game coming up in Pittsburgh and people are going to be really pumped to bet. Although the first bet was 
somehow an $11,000 bet on New England minus two and a half. Yeah, very interesting. I saw that come through uh, the Twitter machine there. I can only imagine Atlantic City was none too pleased with a Philadelphia casino um, opening and what uh, with a uh, casino there getting going for them because of how quickly uh, and how, how short of a drive that that is and everything like that. It, you, you mentioned Hollywood. How, how is Hollywood doing? Do we know? Do we have any impressions of how that's going over there? We don't have numbers yet. Uh, I don't know with 100% certainty, but every other gambling expansion, they are required to reveal every um, month how much revenue has come in. Since Hollywood launched on November 17th, we should get numbers for how they did. I will say in Hollywood's defense, you know, you can say, oh, it's Grantville, Pennsylvania. If you all don't know, it's in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Oh, we looked it up on the uh, on, on the podcast live one day. We, we whenever oh, it, okay. said, it said Grantville, we actually had to look it up on the map and figure out where it was. And we decided, Brett, was was the consensus that we needed to take a group trip there? That's what it was. Right. I mean, that's well, what I we, already. I already went down there. I, when I, got, I, I got lost in Hershey Park. I spent my entire day at Hershey Park. Did not make it. No, no. I, it is. It is not. I think it's a five hour drive from me. But yeah, a, a company trip. Uh, well, actually, you know, now that we've got the other two, maybe we, we don't. What is, need yeah, what we'll, we'll just have to bounce around all of them is, is yeah. kind of how I look at it. But yes. Uh, but Hollywood also launched during a snowstorm that even in Pennsylvania, where they're used to weather, people were like, don't leave your house. Go buy all the water at the grocery store. So. These numbers are not going to be indicative of how Hollywood's going to do going forward. But I think it's it's a given that it's going to be dwarfed in comparison to what you're going to get at these two metro area sports books. So where do parks and the other big casinos that people are very aware of sit right now as far as launches? It was a bummer to work for parks today, I feel like, because you've got these we thought at a point they were going to be first. They thought they could get it out by November. They were the second casino who got approval for sports betting. There's a lot of licensing hoops to go through. It isn't just that the sports book gets approved, you're good to go. Various other operators and things have to get licenses, and they just are slower than everyone else on ticking off all these boxes. So today, while your competitors are like, look at our amazing sports books, Parks had to send out an email saying, Tune in in January. <laughs> We're going to have a sports book then. Um, so that is surprising given that they are the market leader in the state for casinos overall. But they were also the casino that was not really excited to have sports betting and online gambling and this gambling expansion. Because if you're winning with the way things are, why change the rules? The other one to look out for in January here is Philadelphia. So at, at a point. In February, I would say you're going to have three different casinos in a relatively small space all throughout Philadelphia. So New Jersey is probably going to be feeling even worse. If you look at uh, if you look at this too, the timing, I mean, it's so great for these casinos also to start this right before the holiday season because there's so many people off of work. Right. And so with there not being the option to do it in the comfort of your own home on an app just yet, you need to physically go and do this. Like so many people are off work for a few days for Christmas and even some 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 companies shut down basically between Christmas and New Year's. And we've got all the bowl games like we just mentioned. The NFL will still be going. Of course, there's NHL, there's NBA. Uh, just just really, really, really great timing right now. Well, I'm excited for the the Eagles are out of town this week. They're playing the Rams on the West Coast. But even though they're not nearly as good as last year, I think the December 23rd home game against the Texans is going to be like a big deal. 
both for New Jersey people and for the fact that Pennsylvanians can bet and they're going to get one Eagles home game in before they likely are done for the year, then I, I think that the Pennsylvania betters who now have that opportunity are going to take advantage of it. So I just mentioned that you cannot sit at home and do this on your couch in the comfort of your own home in your underwear without having to put on any sort of any sort of product in your hair to make yourself look good. When are people going to be able to do this on an app and online? Oh, y'all, you're going to have to keep putting on pants for a little while. Um <laughs> It sounded like it was maybe going to be January. I'm hearing now March is probably a better guess. To just add a little context to this, the difference between Pennsylvania and New Jersey is that New Jersey rolled out online casino and poker years ago. Pennsylvania passed 35 different forms of gambling and have been needing to approve every single entity for every single vertical for like the past year and very little has gotten off the ground. So there's just a log jam at gaming control of getting things approved, vetting everything, going through testing, et cetera, et cetera. I think after retail sports books, online sports books are next in line. But even that we're hearing that the retailer are getting pushed to January. We've got new retail applicants with Valley Forge and with Presque Isle Downs that February, March is probably I don't I don't know if you're going to get to do a mobile NFL bit this year. Gotcha. Well, you know, again, better to have something than nothing. Correct. I mean, better to have something than nothing. I mean, judging by the attitude that I'm seeing on Twitter, like people are really excited to just at least have this. Yeah, I'm excited because, look, this affects me in New York just as as much as like a New York launch would, because I'm actually closer to Rivers than I am to any of the state casinos in New York. So I'm probably a favorite now to place a legal bet before the end of the football season. I'm just going to drive down to Pittsburgh. Ah, you better take pictures. Write it up for Play Pennsylvania. Look at that. Look at that. All right, Adam, take us home here. Talk about New Jersey revenue numbers here. Uh, they came out yesterday, and man, they were something special. New Jersey revenue numbers were pretty much unbelievable. $330 million in handle starts to put you in the conversation of the kind of months that Nevada has. Revenue ticked right back up. And I think the most interesting part of the revenue discussion is that more than 72% of the revenue that came in comes from mobile and online. We know what direction this is going in New Jersey. And DraftKings, another huge month. FanDuel had a pretty solid month as well, kind of catching up toward DraftKings. So it, it was a month that showed that the October numbers with the same blip in revenue as everywhere else experienced as we had the crazy month of NFL betting that we did and public did really, really well. But now everything kind of went back to, you know, what we're used to seeing and what we kind of predicted we might see from New Jersey. And so Matt Brown, I want to give you credit. A couple of months ago, we did the will New Jersey top $300 million <laughs> in handle, and you finally have got it. There that was go. the right number just a couple of months there later. There we go. Um, I talked to a couple of guys here in Nevada uh, once those numbers came out in New Jersey, and I can tell you that they are definitely taking note of what's going on over there, and they fully understand that Nevada is getting lapped when it comes to the online and mobile aspect of everything. If you guys don't know, we do have apps here in Nevada, but you cannot do it on a website for whatever reason. And also the apps are, because again, there was no competition for the longest, the apps are fairly clunky and old and outdated. Jess, I know 
you spent a lot of time messing around with them as uh, your times at Play Nevada in our network and things like that. And I know that these guys are certainly uh, going to, I can say sooner rather than later, they are going to be going very, very hardcore at trying to catch up to what's going on over there in New Jersey because the apps are just so much better, so much smoother. You can bet online. You can do the different things like that. Uh, you know, again, there are still a contingent of people who don't want to use their cell phones for things and don't want to bet over an app and feel more comfortable doing it through a browser and stuff like that. And uh, I think that Nevada is starting to realize, like, hey, we're not the only show in town anymore, and we better get our, our stuff together. I hope so because New Jersey is playing Madden, and we're playing, like, Tech Mobile. It's it's a vast difference in quality if you've not played on an app in Nevada. Yeah, we're playing Tech Mobile and they guessed your play is basically what's what's going on with that for sure. Um, Brett, when you say that you are going to uh, that you would head down to that you would head down to Pennsylvania and, and stuff like that, would you be more inclined to just how how quick how quick is the border and then how quick is the actual casino from from your house? Uh, it's probably halfway to the border, so probably like an hour and a half to the border and then another an hour and a half to Pittsburgh. So you're much more prone than should a good functioning app come out, you would probably just drive to the border and do your business and then turn around and go back? Honestly, I don't know. If I'm driving an hour and a half, I might as well drive another hour and a half and have like a sportsbook experience Right. if I'm watching an NFL Sunday. You know, I mean, that's probably the route I would go. If I was closer to the border, sure, I would just pop over, you know, place my bets and then fire back, fire back home. But yeah, in my situation, I would probably just go all the way to Pittsburgh. Because, Adam, the reason I ask that is because we've gotten rumors. I don't think there's been hard numbers or anything come out. But, I mean, we've gotten rumors that like the uh, – huge percentage of this money is actually coming from New Yorkers. I mean, we've read anecdotal tales coming in stories out of New York saying that people are basically heading over the George Washington bridge, stopping on the other side, placing their bets and going back over catching the path train and going right over to New Jersey and placing their bets. We've seen numbers up to, uh, I believe 60% was the number that I had read that me that as well. Placed yeah. within, uh, that would be placed within a few miles of the border. And as a native New Yorker, let me tell you, it's about the first time we've ever been jealous of New Jersey. <laughs> oh, he had to get in the jab right there to end the podcast. You're damn right I did. To end the podcast today. Um, guys, again, all of the stories that we talked about on this podcast, you can read in-depth articles at Legal Sports Report, at Online Poker Report, at Play Pennsylvania, at our various, I mean, we have tons and tons and tons of sites within our network, playnj.com. So please go to each and every one of those sites and check out all this stuff more in depth. And of course, we have visual aids with pictures and different things like that that you can take these in uh, a little bit better. Jess, it was a pleasure having you on this podcast. We will have to do this more often. Sounds like a plan. As far as Adam and Brett, I don't have anything nice to say about you guys. So we're just going to go ahead and get out of here. For Adam, for Brett, I am Matt. We will see you guys next week.